This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. everyone is Jen. You know Jess and I often talk about how aloe moves helps us stay fit. But May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so I really wanted to point out how amazing the site and app are for mental health as well. It is so easy for me to get stuck in a rut mentally or get stressed out or feel lonely when I'm working from home. I'm guessing you've all been there too. But I found that a much more productive way to deal with those feelings or even just like a bad day is to hop on alomoves.com and reset. Allo Moves is the award-winning on-demand streaming wellness platform app and website that has workouts, mindfulness, nutrition, self-care, and more to help boost your mental and physical well-being. I also love that I can take the same class as friends or connect with other members in the community comments. Allo Moves really brings people together. Lately, I have been very into the five-minute relaxation body scan with Susie Mark Shifflin. Guys, Susie is the most soothing instructor. She incorporates these sound bath sounds into her head-to-toe relaxation exercise. It's so easy to do. Obviously, there are also yoga classes and exercise classes and so many other things you can learn and check out on alamoves.com, but I just had to share that one with you. Find yourself together when you join Moves. Join the community on alamoves.com today and use code FATMASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. That's alamoves.com code MASCARA20 for a 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. Again, that's alamoves.com and the code is MASCARA20. Hi, welcome to Fat Mascara. I'm Jess. Hi, everyone. I'm Jen Sullivan. It's our beauty podcast. You'll notice, I don't know, I put, I like talked about this enough. There is no number on today's episode because this is a Friday episode, which means it's a deep dive with a beauty expert or a beauty influencer or a celebrity or someone who we want to talk to that we're interested in. So going forward, those Friday episodes do not have numbers. But yeah, here we are. So Jen, who are we talking to today? 
Well, I know you mentioned this, so I I took this literally when you were like, we haven't had a hair colorist on in a while, like not in like nine years. I don't know if it's been that long because our podcast <laughs> hasn't been out that long, but it's very true. And so at the same time you were saying that to me, I obviously go to my hair colorist every month. Her name is Jenna Still. That is who we have on. The reason she's on now, I mean, I've always wanted to have her on the podcast because she's such a blast and so knowledgeable. But it came up because she was just sharing. She always tells me what other clients are asking her because it gives me a good sense of what people are curious about in the hair color world. Mm -hmm. And the question, which we get to at the very end of the interview, was the premise for doing the whole interview, which is like the surprising things that people ask their hair colorist, and she wanted to help give the answers to that. So we're going to spend this this whole conversation, well, first learning a little bit more about Jenna, learning about hair color, some of the secrets hair colorists know that like they don't always tell you about what the work is that they're doing, but she'll also tell you about like how to keep your hair color longer between visits, and then we'll get to what was the premise. What what about dyeing hair other than the hair on your head, which is something that a lot of people want to do? There are different parts of your body that have hair that need color. So we will talk about that. And just to reiterate, Jenna is a hair colorist at Spoke and Wheel Salon in New York City. I think she's at two locations in New York City. That salon is nationwide, however. And you'll hear more about her background and her specialty and what she's great at when we talk. So let's get into it. Jenna, welcome, 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 welcome to Fat Mascara. Hi. Hi. Thanks for coming on my podcast. Thank you. Full disclosure, which I think everybody knows because I've mentioned you on the podcast, Jenna does my hair. She's the colorist at Spoken Wheel, as you heard in the introduction. So she's not used to looking at my face the right way. You're used to the mirror version of me, right? Yeah. I find myself like talking into mirrors at people all the time and hairstylists do it to each other, but... People who don't work in salons are like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, I, I could see why that, I mean, that's what you're used to. Mm. Uh, you spend your day in front of a mirror, coloring hair, which we're going to talk about. So before we get into that, let's get into you. Tell me about the first time you ever dyed your hair or someone dyed it for you. Like how old were you? 12. I wanted to dye my hair so bad. I wanted like pink or purple or something cool that would really identify with my punk rock nature. And my mom was like, absolutely <laughs> not. So when I graduate eighth grade, I could, and my cousin did hair. And the rule was it had oh. to be a natural hair color. So my cousin does hair. And so I went into her salon and I was like, it has to be natural. So we're going pitch black. And my cousin I, I was mean, like, yeah, it's natural. was like, your mom's going to kill me. And I was like, it's going to be fine. She said natural. It's natural. And I was a blonde at the time. So my cousin dyed my hair pitch black. I loved it. My mother cried. I thrived. I was so happy. <laughs> That's all I ever wanted. You're like, I'm home. <laughs> it felt great. I was like, oh, finally not a blonde. Okay, so you're 12. You got your cousin to do your hair. Was that like the moment you decided, I will be a hair colorist? No. I was definitely very anti-being a colorist because my cousin did it, and we were always compared to each other, and there was a rivalry. So I went to school for English Lit. I worked at coffee shops, managed them. And finally, one day I was doing all my friend's hair in Oakland at home. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to beauty school. Pride be damned. So I went. I did a year. Finally, I told my family after I was done. And then I assisted at two different salons for about three years before I started taking my own clients. Wait, you sneakily attended cosmetology school without telling anyone in your family? Yeah. Well, one person. Are there other... (laughs) 
Are there any other estheticians, beauticians, people in the beauty industry in your family or just your cousin? Just my cousin. But we're just competitive. I just didn't want to hear. I have a lot what of- What a rivalry this is that it like, <laughs> le- it, had you not even tell like your own mother that you were becoming a hair colorist. Mm-mm. I did not want to deal with it. I didn't want to hear all the clucking hens. They all, they have something to say. And I, all my aunts, everyone. So I'm good. You mentioned Oakland, so I guess that's where you were living, but did you grow up there? No, I'm from San Diego, but then I was living in the Bay Area. So I went to beauty school in the Bay, and I went to an Aveda school, which ironically, my cousin also worked for an Aveda company. Don't worry. I'm not going to make you keep talking about your rivalry with your cousin. But <laughs> you, you're, now in, you're now in New York City. Who knew it was going to be family therapy at the same time it was going to be a beauty podcast? Uh, so you're now one. in New York City. When, when, when did you move out here? Five years ago. Okay. And and have you always you work at Spoken Wheels? Is that the only salon you've worked at here in New York City? The only one. I actually worked for them in the Bay Area. So their first location was in San Francisco. And one of the reasons okay. I moved over there because I knew that they had one in New York and I was always interested in New York. So the moment I could, I ran here. I mean, clearly something drew you to this. Like you you seem like an artistic type. If you're gonna go to beauty school, when you entered, did you know you were gonna be a colorist or were you thinking about maybe doing cutting or like was it always color for you? I had a hunch I would do color. My best friend who I met in beauty school, she is a cutter actually at Spoken Wheel. And we used to trade clients all the time. Like if I would get a haircut and she would get highlights, she's like, Oh, and I was like, Oh, I'll do it, I'll do it. So I always kind of knew, but when I first assisted, I went to a salon that did both. I thought that maybe I would try it. Maybe there was going to be a benefit of doing both, but I hated cutting hair. So I left. This is like unique to big cities, right? That this, that the salon people specialize in just cut or color. Cause growing up, you went to the salon, one person did both. Yeah. It's definitely a bigger city thing. And even San Diego, which is a fairly large city for the most part, people still generalize. I originally generalized because I thought it would be better for my career, but I always wanted to live in a big city, so it's fine. And what do you love about doing color? Well, at the most basic level, you can always fix it. If (laughs) if you cut too much hair off, you're just done. You're like, sorry, bro. See you later. See you in a few months. This is true. Hope it grows in good. And that gave me a lot of anxiety, which color, it's like, oh, it's not blonde enough. All right, I can add more. It's too blonde. I can darken it. Like There was a lot of pivoting. And I like that. Also, I'm a huge art color theory nerd. So that was also very appealing. I want to talk about color theory because I feel like you look at someone, like someone will walk by the salon while I'm getting my hair done and you'll be like, oh yeah, they need to be like a cooler. Like you just see their face and know what are you and what are colorists looking at when they say like that's the right or wrong hair color for that person? I think it's just like skin tone and all over like kind of vibes. There's certain times, like, you know, when you put on a shirt and you're just like, nope, <laughs> and you take it right off because the color's off. It's kind of like that. So you can kind of just see it. And you also just know what would make it better because you've just seen it better before. When you say tone, though, what does that mean? Like cool or warm cool. or light or dark? Uh, cool or warm. Yeah. And then saturation is going to be like light or dark. So in the same thing of like printing theory or any other type of color theory, it's similar saturations and all of that. Can anybody do any saturation, but it's more the tone where they're going to have like one that looks better? Or is it both saturation and tone that matter when you're choosing a color? Saturation starts to matter with color depending on their hair type. If you have really baby fine hair and you're choosing a really heavy saturated color, because the strand is so small, it can't absorb as much or absorbs too much. And then it can kind of look flat or dull 
or kind of almost stringy. So texture actually plays like a huge part in saturation where it's not necessarily anything to do with the person's coloring or like skin tone or anything. It has to do with the hair itself. So if someone has really fine hair and they go inky black, it's going to look even inkier on them because their hair is fine? Yeah, you could use the same color on two different people, but someone with coarser hair is going to look like a softer black and someone with baby fine hair is going to look like pitch, pitch black. And it almost, then it absorbs no light. It just like sucks it all up. So it doesn't look reflective. It looks dull. I never thought about the texture part of the equation because I always thought it was just skin tone coloring that mattered. Mm. That's good to know. Curls too. Oh, curls matter too? Yeah, because of the They're way- less reflective or what's the story? Well, if you think about a curl, it's moving in like a 3D space. So light is moving through it differently. So it's going to reflect color differently. So that's like a huge part as well. Do you think it's important for someone going to a colorist to be to like go with the texture that they wear most often and like the way they wear their hair so you can see that? Definitely the first time. And there's certain people, the first time I always want to see like they're natural, but then later I'll be like, okay, if you could come in with it straight. So I could also see it that way as well. But the first time I usually like to see it just the way that you wear it. Got it. Because of course, lots of people don't wear their hair the texture that it naturally is. No. A lot of people, and then the way they style it, it's going to be different than the way I'm going to do it. So it's always good to see that. And everyone's middle part is different. It's never the actual middle. (laughs) So Is that true? I feel like my middle part is definitely the middle. What do you mean? No, it's so funny when I'm parting someone, I'm like, where do you wear your hair? And like the middle. And then they part it and it's like slightly off to the side in the middle. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Your middle. Sounds great. And so that's important too, though, right? Because if you're placing like highlights and stuff, do you look at that? Yeah. Which I always make someone part their own hair because I want to see where they put it. Oh, because you could part it down the center, give them highlights, and then they part it and you see none of it. Yeah. (laughs) Which has happened. And it's devastating. (gasps) What a waste of time and money. (laughs) I started like picking up on it too, because I would part someone's hair perfectly. And then I would go downstairs, mix up the color. By the time I'd come back to them, they had started flipping their hair because they're looking at themselves in the mirror. And they're like, something's off and you can watch them flip back and forth. And then you're like, oh, and they'll end up with a slightly different part. And you're like, all right, we'll just go with that one. That's where we're going to use that for the color. Hear that, everybody? Okay, go in with your texture, the way you do it. Like the best colors in the world, I guess, still can't replicate what you're going to do to yourself at home. And you want to keep that in mind. Because also I'm not going to be with them every day. So you want the hair to look good the whole time. We wish you were. What else? So I get like super nerdy, as you know, and strategic about it and like turn it into a science. It's totally an art. Like what are most people asking? Like what do you hear again and again when people come in to get color? Like what's the most common question? Right now, it's all about shedding and hair health and like scalp health and like density. But I feel like all the time it's always like a trend. So like something will come up in the news and then that's all you'll hear about for about six months. And so right now, everyone's just worried. Why shedding in density right now, do you think? It's still COVID. Really? Yeah. Are people still experiencing like the after effects of sickness? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Or they're just starting to get their hair back. And so it takes a while, right? Like hair doesn't come out of your head the same length as your other hair. I wish that would make it awesome. But it starts at these like tiny little short guys that just like stick straight up. And so people come in, they're like, what is that? Is that breakage? And you're like, no, your hair is coming back, which is great. It just looks like you have a halo of fuzz. How do you tell the difference between, oh, that's your hair's broken off versus that's new baby growth? New baby growth is usually, it's going to stick straight up. It's not going to be super tameable. 
And the end is kind of sharp and pointy because it's grown out of your head. And there'll be no color on it versus if someone is like blonde, which typically where the breakage starts, it'll be like a frazzled bit at the end. It doesn't break off clean. Or if it does break off clean, the whole chunk is broken off clean. It's not just a few. It's like a whole line. That's going to be from a flat iron. Well, so new baby growth, when we see that, actually, I think I have that right now along my part. That's like a good thing then, right? That means your hair is growing. It's super awesome. It just looks funny sometimes in humidity or if the wind blows. So it just looks like a small The thing I just saw, oh my God, you're going to get mad at me. But on TikTok, I just saw people with waxed dental floss using the waxed dental floss to lay down the baby hairs. Have you seen this? No, but not a terrible idea but kind of weird. Oh, I'm like, okay. oh, all right. Yeah, I guess it's like <laughs> they hold it like like a line and then like smooth it over because it like, I guess it lays down a little bit of the wax to lay down the flyaways. There's a much easier way to do this <laughs> that doesn't revolve. Tell, tell, tell us. If you want to How use, do we tame the new baby growth hair? Because we're growing our hair back from illness. Hairspray, classic. You can spray it and then use the bottle to gently lay it flat. Or a classic like prom trick is that you take a paper towel or a tissue, spray that with hairspray, and then gently push down the baby hairs, like smooth it out. Why not your brush or your fingers? Why are you using the bottle or the paper towel? Have you ever used your hands and then it all clumps together and then you can see like it looks like plastic? Of course. I'm not a hairstylist. That's exactly what I do. (laughs) Yeah, that's why. So if you use a paper towel or a tissue, it's much more gentle or the bottle. Your hand has too much pressure. Okay. So that's a super common question right now, and it has nothing to do with color, but I guess as a colorist, you're dealing with their whole 360 approach to their hair, not just the color. The whole thing. And then someone who's been blonde forever is like, should I not be blonde anymore? Should I stop coloring my hair because my hair is losing and breaking and it's a whole thing. So then they're like, well, what can I do that's more And they might think it's from the dye or the bleach, but it might in reality be from illness or something else. Yes. Or they're just trying to troubleshoot and be like, well, what could I do to at least make, like mitigate the like problems that are happening. And so they're like, well, maybe color is a way that one that I could drop out and then therefore have more hair, which is not- Is that true? No, not always. But sometimes, I mean, if you're a double process, yeah. But a colorist would know if that is coming from breakage versus yes. something else. Yeah. And they would, a good colorist, I imagine, would be telling you like, we need to lay off on the bleach. Yeah. I think a good colorist will always tell you no. If you hear no from a colorist, don't like be angry. I think that's just like a really kind colorist because sometimes- We're just looking out. Like, if it's going to break your hair, I want you to have hair. I want you to have the most beautiful, long, healthy, just glorious, shiny hair. So if I think something's going to be not great for it, I'm going to tell you no. But I didn't always have that. I didn't feel confident enough until later in my career to be able to say that. Because when you first become a colorist, you just want to say yes to everyone. You want to make everyone happy. But you'll do something where you say yes to make someone happy and it will break off their hair or you'll have a, it won't look good. Or someone would be like, I really want to be a redhead. I feel it in my bones. And you're like, yeah, even though you doubt it. And then you do it and you're like, oh, that looks terrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're like, you didn't get your hair colored here. You don't know me, <laughs> you know. But those are like mistakes that you make early on in your career. And then towards the end, you feel empowered to say no. But we could do something else So instead. that's a good sign. I think it's a good Wait, sign. Wait, you said some people want to be a redhead. So are you one of these colors that thinks not everybody can be every color? I think 80% of the time you can be any color you want to be, but I also think there's an ownership in it. So I I have a friend, she was naturally blonde, but she used to dye her hair pitch black. 
But at the time, she was dressing pretty edgy, very Rick Owens, and it was a whole vibe. And did it wash her out? Yes. But she compensated with like heavier makeup, and it was a whole look. So I didn't think it was a bad idea. But then she got really into vintage, and then she started dressing really 70s. The pitch black hair didn't look good with the 70s vibe, so now she's back blonde. If she was dressing and styling herself in the way she is now and had pitch black hair, I think it would be a bad color on her. Got it. I think 80%. There's context we have to take into mind. Style being part of that context. Style, (laughs) health of the hair, haircut. I think there's just more to it than just, will any color look good on me? But if someone comes in and they say, I want to be a redhead, could a good colorist find a red that is going to work for pretty much any person? Yes. But red's a broad spectrum, right? So you could just put like a little bit of like well, that's copper. Well, I red to make it easy on you. <laughs> you could just put a little bit of copper in their blonde and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm a redhead because they're so used to seeing blonde all the time. You put like some strawberry blonde on them and they're like, this is crazy. And you're like, isn't it? It's not, but it's fine. It is now. So they feel like they are a redhead now. Yes. You've given them what they want, but in reality, talking to your other colorist friends, you're just like, I gave them two strawberry blonde highlights. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're like, I put a drop of OY and all the colorists will be like, ah, amazing. And you're just like, what's OY? <laughs> what is this in the colorist joke that you just <laughs> threw on us? It's orange yellow. It's a, a Veda color, but yeah, that's what you'll, oh, okay. you'll put a drop in it and it's only one gram, but it'll be crazy. And so if you're not going to a professional colorist can help you with tone and saturation, all of this, like how, what's a good way for you as a layperson to find out if a color is going to work on you? Please don't make us go to a wig store. No. And I don't think the apps are super applicable either way because the apps are so filtered. Oh yeah. All those apps that try on the hair color, the filter for you. Yeah. Cause I put some on and I'd be like, I know this color looks good on me and it looked insane. So <laughs> I think apps have so many filters and things like that, that that's not applicable either. I think it's also just like, what colors do you tend to wear? Like, are you a jewel toned person? Or are you more of a muted person? I think that also will really help guide you. What kind of makeup do you wear? Are you prone to wear like magentas are you prone to wear more dusky rose that's going to like really lead you in a direction are we talking about seasons because you know i love getting my colors done and getting a seasonality like color guru approach to it all does that apply to hair color too yes but more so in the east coast west coast i never heard about seasonality on hair because it's the same season all the time in california but when i moved to the east coast no i mean like are you a winter summer spring or fall color wise not like the part of the year you know, like 1980s when you got your colors done, or now, because I just did this recently. And Those I'm are winter, coming back. So many people are actually, I'm definitely They fall. are. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a few clients who did that, and they break down all your colors. And then she came to me, and she's like, I want to go darker. And we did, and it looked amazing. She was just scared because she'd always been did, a So the, was her analysis, like, fairly accurate? Yeah. And she showed it to me, and in okay. no way did I disagree with it. I was like, yeah, let's do it. We followed it. So what you're doing is like an inherent, you have that ability that like someone who's a color analysis for like doing makeups and things like that is the same kind of skill set. Yeah. And I don't think that there's ever like a time that I really tried for it or honed in on it. I think it's just, I always kind of had it or paid attention to it. So it is a funny thing sometimes to like recognize that I do do that for everything all the time with color. I hear that all the time from experts in like hair, makeup, whatever it is. They don't think of it as a skill until I have to point out to them, you know, most people don't have that ability. Like when you're good at something, you think everybody's good at it, right? Yeah. I had no idea that it was like a thing that I did. 
Well, I'm here to tell you that that is a talent, and clearly that's why you're a colorist. Why, okay, thank you. <laughs> back to questions that people ask you. So they want they have hair breakage. Color wise, they need help finding a color that's going to work for them. Anything else that you hear a lot with regards to color? Because I have some, if you don't, that <laughs> yeah, I want to ask Go for you. it. I was like, I hear so many. I'm like, how do I pick one? Okay. So the thing that I feel like I often get asked that I'm now going to throw to you instead of me, because I'm not the expert on this, is about brassiness. People, I don't know what it is about brassiness. And I don't know if this is a trend, but like everybody's worried that their hair is going to go brassy. And by brassy, I'm not even sure what they mean, because I'm like, does that mean warmer or like, but what I think they're trying to say is cheap. And I don't mean that derogatorily, but like, you know, when hair color just, I don't know why brassy is the word that comes out with that, but do, what do you think brassy means? And what are they really asking? Oh, I totally know the answer. That yes, brassy kind of does mean cheap. And the reason why is because box dyes or anything like that, when you're trying to highlight the hair, people who try to lift their hair with box dyes, it doesn't work all the way. And so it doesn't get you past the certain level which leaves a very neon orange color to the hair. That is so difficult to tone out no matter what. And it's not literally neon orange. It's like an can even be an undertone of neon orange. Oh, when you're bleaching and you open up the foil, it's pretty bright orange. <laughs> it's, oh, okay. I wouldn't say okay. maybe not Go neon, on. but it's it's pretty bright. And no matter what you tone it with, you'll still see that reflection. And it's that brass in particular that people really dislike because it does come from poor dye jobs. That's like, even maybe sometimes it does happen in a salon. Usually also if it is happening in the salon, there was like box dye on top. There's usually something else that was also happening, but box dyes at home definitely are prone to do it. And the reason that it does this is all hair is warm. All hair is inherently red, orange, or yellow. Depending on how naturally dark you are, there's more red. And as you lift hair or bleach it, it goes through red and then it goes through orange and then it goes to yellow. And from yellow, you can tone it to be like beigey blonde. But when it gets stuck in this level, like four or five red orange, it is very difficult to hide or manipulate. And anyone who has naturally dark hair has gotten highlights. <laughs> probably by their mom, their mom's stylist, and they came out with tiger stripes and it is horribly traumatizing. And from then on, they will only do ashy hair, but caramel colors would look amazing on them, but intentional caramels, intentional reds, intentional oranges, coppers will still look good, but there's a very different aesthetic to it. Is the problem in a way, this might be simplifying it, they didn't go hard enough. Like as they were lifting out the pigment to get to that base where you can then create the color you want, they just didn't lift out enough. Yeah. And there's multiple reasons why you couldn't lift out enough. If you had previous hair dye on it, there's that reason is one of the main reasons. Oh, so no matter what you do, like that's... Yeah. You're going to be fucking fighting there. that for a minute. But I warn people if we're going th through old color, I'm like, we're going to hang out in this warmth for a minute before you get blonde and you have to be like kind of okay with that. Wait, do you mean a minute like come back next month and then we'll go the next step? Yep. You don't mean a literal minute. Yeah, yeah sorry. Okay. Slang minute. A figurative minute. <laughs> a figurative minute. Uh, <laughs> okay. Hang out with this. But I do think like the better, my personal opinion is the better way to deal with that is instead of trying to cover it with so much ash and still seeing that slight reflection, is just leaning in, lean in hard, just add more warmth to it because that's going to make it look intentional. 
and like purposeful. Oh, and that takes away that cheapy factor that we were talking yeah. about. Or just hanging out in a neutral. Don't try to be super ashy. Just have a nice like warm reflection, but not too warm. Just hang out there. So you, so is it possible that also some people are slightly traumatized by that one brassy experience? So that's for the rest of their hair color lifetime. Yes. They are like, avoid the brass at all costs. Yes. And I am always trying to be like, what about a little bit of warmth? Like a tiny bit. Because it looks good on everyone. Because your hair is naturally warm. Everyone's hair is naturally warm. So it just makes you look younger and just like fresher. I feel like I might have been one of those brassy PTSD people because I'm always like, oh, she's nodding. (laughs) I'm like, give me the green toner. Give me the ash. And I'm sure at a certain point, it's not flattering. I have olive skin. Like, of course, I don't want to have like a green undertone to my brown. But like, we're scared because we had the tiger stripes (laughs) in college. I'm not, I'm speaking literally for myself. (laughs) No, and everyone has this story. It's like people with really long hair, they always have that one story. They're like, oh, I cut my hair into a bob. And I will never do that again. And you're like, yeah, I've heard this. And most of us at some point, whether our own doing, a poor salon experience, have had that brassy trauma mm-hmm. <laughs> that we're still trying to deal with <laughs> years later. Okay. Understandable. So at home, say you're, instead of like fighting, because there's all these toners now, and you can go in your own shower and put on like a purple-based toner and or green-based conditioner you're saying maybe it's worth it to actually warm it up a little and not always be fighting it. Yes. Unless those purple or blues are great if there's just minor tweaks. Like you left the salon, it's perfect. And through the months or month, two months before you go back, you see the toner fall out a little. Those are great. If you're using those purple or blues as like a lifeline to completely change your hair color, maybe not. Maybe lean in to a different color because you're going to just okay. be very frustrated because they're not going to do enough or you're going to be using them every time. Or I've seen people turn their hair green from overdoing it. And that's always a really fun game. When someone comes to the salon, they're like, it's green and orange, weirdly, at the same time. So is that usually a, br- a brunette probably, not a darker, a slightly darker color? Yep. Where the green is like masking it, but then in the light, it has that orange reflection and you're just like, oh. Okay. So this is why you guys are always saying, go see a professional, just to like get an assessment of what's going on before you start DIYing your way to non-brassiness or whatever you're trying to do. Yeah. If you're just trying to like maintain and do minor tweaks, yeah, lean it. Those are great. But if you're trying to do like big changes. It's not happening in the shower. Okay. Got it. Listen, there are so many skincare products on the market claiming to help reduce fine lines and wrinkles, and you know I will try most of them. But how do you know your products are actually working? Some research to back up the claims. That's why Jess and I are all about Ritual. They created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted a clinical study to take the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual's Hyacera is now a part of my skincare routine, and I got in the habit of taking it every day by putting the cute little purple jar right next to my sunscreen. It looks nice on my vanity, and let's be honest, I love that. But once I stuck with the habit, I really noticed a difference in my skin. I am not the only one. In a clinical study, taking Hyacera for 90 days led to a 3.6 time reduction in crow's feet wrinkles as compared to placebo. And it led to a 2.9 increase in skin smoothness. I also like that they're easy to swallow. The capsules sort of taste like vanilla. They're not all weird and fishy like some other supplements. Plus, Ritual is a certified B Corp. 
something we learned about on a recent episode, and all their supplements, including the Daily Protein and their Sleep Bio Series Melatonin Supplement, are vegan, gluten-free, and made traceable. Do what Jess and I did, start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash mascara. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mascara for 25% off. Hey everyone, it's Jen. You know Jess and I often talk about how Aloe Moves helps us stay fit. But May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so I really wanted to point out how amazing the site and app are for mental health as well. It is so easy for me to get stuck in a rut mentally or get stressed out or feel lonely when I'm working from home. I'm guessing you've all been there too. But I found that a much more productive way to deal with those feelings, or even just like a bad day, is to hop on allomoves.com and reset. Allo Moves is the award-winning on-demand streaming wellness platform app and website that has workouts, mindfulness, nutrition, self-care, and more to help boost your mental and physical well-being. I also love that I can take the same class as friends or connect with other members in the community comments. Allo Moves really brings people together. Lately, I have been very into the five-minute relaxation body scan with Susie Mark Shifflin. Guys, Susie is the most soothing instructor. She incorporates these sound bath sounds into her head-to-toe relaxation exercise. It's so easy to do. Obviously, there are also yoga classes and exercise classes and so many other things you can learn and check out on allomoves.com, but I just had to share that one with you. Find yourself together when you join Allo Moves. Join the community on allomoves.com today and use code FATMASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. That's allomoves.com code MASCARA20 for a 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. Again, that's allomoves.com and the code is MASCARA20. Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. Just kidding. It's really wedding season. But I just got an invitation to a wedding in Philadelphia, and guess what I'll be wearing? Honey love. I'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress, but the shapewear is going to be honey love. Here's why. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus, they have lingerie-inspired design details that you'll want to show off, and all their fabrics are breathable to keep you nice and cool, which is perfect for hot days. Let me tell you a story. I remember being at a wedding, this was a few years ago, pre-Honey Love, and I wore a jumpsuit, and I wasn't sure if the bathroom door locked well, but I had to take off the entire jumpsuit and then roll down the shapewear to pee, and I was like holding onto the back of the door at the same time, completely naked in the bathroom, and it took so long, and I caused this whole backup of the bathroom line, and after that, I was like, never again. Until Honey Love came along. Honey Love's superpower shorts have a 100% cotton gusset so you don't have to wear underwear underneath. And there's a convenient opening in the underwear area so you don't have to take off the whole thing to go to the bathroom. It's so easy. Honey Love products make you look good and feel good, whether it's for a wedding, event, an everyday boost of confidence. Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara for 20% off. The summer vibes are just getting started, so shape your life with Honey Love. Another thing I hear a lot is about 
getting a little bit more time between appointments. So I know you can't slow down. Actually, I should ask. Let me ask. Can you slow down how fast your hair grows? Not that anybody would want that. No, by being unhealthy, <laughs> which no one wants. <laughs> like you get this really diet. expensive blonde. <laughs> so you eat no minerals, no fatty acids, yeah. and you're just trying to like not grow. It's a horrible strategy to keeping horrible. your hair blonde. There is like a, a Chinese herb that helps slow down grain as far as like a whole process. And I feel like that would be the only way to slow down hair, hair growth. growth. But it's not even growth. It's okay, we're going to get into the Chinese herb in another gray hair podcast. Yeah, that's a whole For thing. now, let's just assume we can't slow down hair growth, but say you have some roots or whatever. Are there any temporary colors that you like will let your clients use on their own to fix it? Like, are you a spray or powder or brush on kind of person? Oh, yeah. Use them all. Just don't have really nice white bed sheets because it will ruin all of them. I have ruined. You think they all transfer? <laughs> I think a lot of them do, unless you sleep like the dead, which I don't. I toss and I turn, so I definitely ruined them. Oh, see, I use them, but I think I'm a back sleeper, so maybe that's why I'm safe. I'm a side sleeper, so it's like one side of the pillow is just a completely different color. What do you like to use? What do you suggest for people? Are there any good brands, or is it like about the type of formula you use, brush or spray? I'm really an equal opportunist. My mom swears by the wow powder. So she was a really big fan of those. Color Wow? Yeah. Those ones. Yeah. She okay. was a big fan. I think if you want to try some out, also just taking some eyeshadow that matches your hair color if you're trying to cover grays, dust those on, hit it with some hairspray, and you've pretty much made your own temporary spray because ultimately okay. that's what it is. See if you like it. I assume you want a matte eyeshadow, oh, yeah, not, not like a glitter. shimmery Yeah, eyeshadow. like a brown. Like a okay. brown. Okay. Especially if you're just trying to touch up some grays around the hairline. Yeah. Also color conditioners for redheads. Big fan of like, I'm right now using the Biolage Saffron to keep my red vibrant and I love it. It definitely is powerful. It can ruin your nice white towel, but I like being vibrant and it helps me do that. There's also Davinas makes a copper one. That's really great. That's more for the fade factor. Like if you're a redhead or somebody that like it faded, it wasn't new growth that's a di like the color that you don't want. Yeah, new growth, you really just have like sprays or powders. And really they're intended for like gray coverage. As far as like for redheads, when your brown comes in, I've never used one or found one that I particularly was fond of. And if you're blonde and your brown comes in, I can't imagine that there's a spray. no. I'm, I'm dialing through because I did ask some of our listeners for questions and also compiled a couple of my own. So another one I hear a lot. It's always about saving money lately. I don't know what that's about, but like, is professional salon shampoo and conditioner really that much better? Like amongst your friends, do you discuss that it's all the same in the wash or no? I feel like I'm very open even with my clients. People are like, do you have a favorite shampoo? And I'm like, I've never found a shampoo that I'm particularly in love with, but I've never, but I found shampoos that I, I hate. So there's that aspect. I think that there- Do they tend to be, are they professional or drugstore or there's no rhyme or reason? Mainly drugstore as far mm. from a colorist point of view, just because they're going to take out Why? your color because the sulfates. And then they just pull all the color right out, all your toner, just right down so the So the wash. cleansing ingredients are like- too cleansing, too cleansing is what you're saying. Yeah, because they're also cheaper. Okay. Like sodium lauryl sulfate is like the number one problem. It's super cleansing. Even though it's not dangerously medically bad for you, no. it's not great for your color is what you're saying. Not at all. It's bad for your color or your keratin. 
It's just, it's so cleansing that it opens your hair cuticle up and then just takes everything away. And everything meaning the color molecules inside? Yeah, and the keratin. Which is, keratin is what? Keratin is a protein. If you have a keratin treatment, you're putting the protein into the hair to help it be smooth and soft, but also it can pull it out even if you don't have a keratin treatment. And then it's taking out your proteins and your moisture, all the vitamins, all the things that you just want in your hair. It just pulls it right, right down the drain. So you want a gentler surfactant, which tends to be a more expensive ingredient. Yes. I'm putting words in your mouth. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. It tends to be. I think there's a big difference between a drugstore shampoo. I don't think there's a big difference between a $20 shampoo and a $40 shampoo. And we're talking about like an eight ounce bottle. So like a stand, not like the jumbo, but the standard size. I think once you get into like a $20 range, like Sephora or Salon or what have you, you're pretty safe. That those cleansers aren't going to be stripping out all the good stuff. No. What about with conditioner? Oh, conditioner, you're like a free free agent. So you're okay with a drugstore conditioner? Yeah. They're, maybe they're not doing the most like long-term benefits, but if you like the way it feels and it makes you happy, awesome. What about all these people who are like, you're just coating your hair with silicones? Here's the thing. Is that a bad thing? Are you? Yes. Is that a bad thing? Well... Not really. I mean, unless you're a supernatural and you don't want those things on your hair or in your body, 100% get it. That's your own personal life choice. As far as like a feeling and a health for hair, it feels nice. feels real silky. It's very shiny. Are you doing any trouble that like, say you get your hair professionally colored and you use an inexpensive conditioner that is putting down those ingredients, are you making your colorist job any harder? No, but you may be making your cutter, your stylist job harder. So for people who like Explain. cut hair and style hair, if they have an excess of buildup from silicones, your hair may lay flat and maybe not have as much texture or movement. So when they're cutting, it's kind of just not what you're looking for. And then cutters will typically like scrape your hair and be like, look, look at all this buildup. And that's why your hair doesn't have volume, no matter how much layers I cut or anything like that. It's more about the buildup. But from a colorist perspective, it feels really soft. It's keeping the color really nice. There is a constant battle between style, not constant, but there is a little bit of a battle between stylists and colorists about maybe one thing is really good for the style, but it's not always the best for the color. Also, I heard you call stylists cutters. <laughs> is this like the derogatory term that like color people call stylists? Oh, they're just a cutter. It's not derogatory, but it's not the appropriate like if, if you say a cutter, <laughs> a stylist is going to come for me. They're going to see me down the street. They're like, you, I, I you. would think so because I was like, that doesn't sound very glamorous to call them a cutter as if all they do is just like, come here. I got the scissors. Yeah, hack, like hack job. I know it sounds terrible. My bad. I'm so sorry to all the stylists out there who put years of effort in time. Including your best friend. I know. She would kill me. All right, we're going to send her a link to this podcast. It's fine. Okay, moving on. So we're not doing damage for our color, at least, because this is a podcast about hair color yes. if we're using the inexpensive shampoos and conditioners. But for all the reasons you just said, you might want to go up a level. But, like, not, like, an $80 shampoo. Like No. Like, or, like... Because uh, those exist. They do. And they're real nice. But are they necessary? No. But they're really nice. Here's one question I always have. Like I, all my shampoo bottles you turn it over is like safe for color-treated hair. Is there any shampoo or conditioner at this point that's not safe for color-treated hair? Yeah. Like Herbal Essence. Because it has a really strong surfactant? Yep. It's the sodium lauryl sulfate. Really, that's like the main. Okay. Sulfates are the main thing that will take color out. They swell the hair cuticle and make it bigger. And then your color molecules just fall out. 
So it's not necessarily that you have to, because you know, there's every brand now has like eight lines. It's the hydrating line, the smoothing line, the for color treated line. And I feel like with so many people have color treated hair that they automatically like, I guess I need the color treated, even though I really want some volumizing, but like, I must have the color treated one because I've color treated hair. Is that true? Oh, this gets tricky. So anything like hydrating, rebuilding, all those like catchphrases are going to be good for color treated hair. Volumizing starts to get tricky because to have volume, you really want to swell the hair cuticle because it does make it bigger and then therefore bigger hair is more volume. However, when you swell the hair cuticle, that is when you open the hair cuticle, which is where the color molecules live. And so you are putting it at risk. Are there color safe volumizing shampoos would be the next lead in is like, yes, but they're harder to find. They're typically going to be more expensive and a little bit more niche. And they do take a little bit more of research, digging. Have you found any you like that are both good for color and also for volume? A really great one is from Christoph Robin. It is a rose volumizing paste shampoo. It's really weird. It comes in a jar and you like scoop it out and it feels gritty, but you put it on your hair and you wash it and it creates this like glorious lather that doesn't strip your color and also gives you a great lift. It's awesome. It's bizarre, but it works amazing. Also, I really like the Hard Clinican stabilizing shampoo. That one's a good one as well, where it is very volumizing, but also doesn't completely take out all my red. Okay. Good to know. Cause I feel like that's two things that a lot of people want, especially now, like you were saying with hair thinning and yeah, that duo is a little trickier. Got it. Well, those are good suggestions. Okay. Here's a question that I hear and I personally have, do your brows need to match your hair color? No. Or sort of match? <laughs> I don't know. What's the, what's like, how do you approach brow color with a client? I mean, I usually don't bring it up. I'm a little bit weird about brows, honestly, mainly because I'm also just like, if color gets in your eyeball, I don't want to blind you. That'd be very painful. Okay. So you don't dye brows because some colorists will. I will, but it's not my MO. I think also certain times, like I'm a redhead. I don't dye my eyebrows red. It actually looks really weird. I did it once. And the whole time I had to recolor them brown because I was like, this is too much. Okay. So they're not supposed to match exactly. No. So I think just like keeping it in the similar tone. I'm a redhead. I color my eyebrows with a warm brown powder and that makes it look cohesive. Wait, when you say color with the powder, you're talking about like temporary, like I just filled them in with powder, yes, right? My, not dyeing. Yeah. My makeup tends to be more on the warmer side. Okay. But what about dyeing wise? Like what if someone wants to dye their eyebrow hairs? Yeah. I will stick with a tone, but I typically will always be brown. Unless they specifically be like, I want them to be blonde or I want them to be orange, then I will. But other than that, I'm making them shades of brown. And I do think that the whole bleaching eyebrow trend should die. And I will stand on that mountain. <laughs> so if anyone wants to talk about that with me, I'm here for it. But I... I think that trend should okay, but even if go it, away. <laughs> will you admit, even if it's not maybe flattering, it could look very cool? Yeah, it does look cool. I mean, listen. In an editorial photo. I don't think any of our <laughs> listeners are out there bleaching their eyebrows personally. Like, I know very few. There's, like, a couple celebrities that have done it for, like, a week, and then they immediately, like, change it back. Or Pat McGrath did it to them in the backstage, and they're a model. Yep. And, like, other than that. Yep. Okay, so most people's brows are in the brown range. Yes. I am an exception. My brows are going gray. So. Yes. I, I'm like Jenna's oldest client, by the way, I think. So 
<laughs> she's not used to this yet. Not true. Okay, fine. But when someone's brows start to gray, it can really wash them out. Because you were talking about tone. Gray mm-hmm. tends to be like this coolish tone. So I personally dye my brows. Like, do you think that that's okay if you're going gray? Oh, yeah. Definitely. That's like dyeing your hair if you're going gray. And yeah, just sticking to like a similar tone, brown. You don't want them as dark as your hair is typically the rule of thumb. Okay. So same tone, but maybe not saturation wise, because we learned about that earlier. Yes, yes. Not as saturated as your hair color. Yeah. Because the hair is different on your eyebrows too. It's not the same hair that is on your head. Definitely finicky. Sometimes it doesn't take color. It's a little bit more coarse or sometimes it's, it's just different. It does different things. Do you have any recommendations for the type of, if someone, even if they don't get their hair colored, but they want to dye their brows? Because I know people ask you about dyeing all sorts of hair, which we're going to get into. But like, (laughs) before we leave, I'm going to have to ask that question (laughs) that I know you know I'm going to ask. But about the brow hair, is there a formula of dye that like the types of dyes that you think are safe for brows? I mean, if it's safe for your head, it's probably safe for the brows. Just be careful. I would Definitely, though, if you're buying it for yourself and not going into a salon, I would definitely just get a brow kit and then just follow instructions. First time you do anything, Got just it. follow instructions always. I have I use the Just For Men beard and mustache on my brows. I've heard that before. Just going to put it out there. I don't know if you know that about me, but now I'm admitting it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So people are dyeing their brows. They're probably telling you about it. You recently had a question, which was actually the impetus for this entire podcast as we come to the end now. Someone came in and wanted to know how to dye their pubic hair. Uh-huh. And now I know you got the giggles, but as a woman who's 40, approaching 45, this does happen. And I'm sure we have listeners out there who realize your pubic hair color changes. Some people do not like that change. It fades and or turns gray. What did you tell this client? Okay, first off, this was actually the first time when that client came in that I knew that your pubic hair turns gray. And I know that probably sounds very, I'm like, I don't know, I grew up in the 90s. So maybe my like sex ed class wasn't as thorough as it should be. But I was shook. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Your pubic hair goes what? <laughs> I had to like pause. Listen, Jenna, the first time I noticed it on myself, I was shook. So I thought it was soap in the shower. No one Like I remember me. the moment. I was like, the soap is not washing out. What's going on? What's going on? Till I realized it was a silver hair, not soap residue. No one tells anyway, me yes. these things. So I- We're telling everybody right now, we're telling all the people who do not yet have gray pubic hair that that does happen. That okay, go on. Option. You were shocked. So I was shocked and I had no idea, honestly. I was just like, uh, I don't know if I would use the one for your head because that's completely different skin and like sensitivity wise. So I went to a coworker of mine who has been in the industry for like 30 years and I was like, hey- do you know anything about it? He's like, oh yeah, there's the, oh yeah, go online. There's dyes all over the place. There's one specifically for this. Go on Amazon. So we went on Amazon and went on a hunt for it and it does exist, but they're not as common anymore. So this is an, un, I think because maybe with the rise of Brazilians and laser hair removal, maybe people are talking about it less and the dyes are harder to find, but there still is a company out there that you can buy and that you can color your pubic hair with. And so you really think you have to stick to one that was formulated for that purpose? I'm going to say, yeah. Yeah, that or if you did use professional hair dye, I would definitely drop your developer because I wouldn't want to put any kind of 30 volume near that. That actually sounds terrifying. When you say drop your developer, you mean not as 
much developer because you don't want to lift the color as much. It's more about depositing pigment. Yes. And when you have a higher developer, that's typically the more of the icy hot feeling. If anyone's ever had color on their head and it feels like icy hot, kind of burning, but then also cooling is usually the higher developer with the ammonia. So you would want something that's pretty low ammonia and pretty low hydrogen peroxide, but still heavily pigmented because that hair is way coarser. I see. I guess you could use hair, regular hair dye. But we're getting into a moment where it's not coming out of the box that way. You're buying your developer separately and doing like a 20 volume or 30 volume and all that stuff that like you deal with. Yeah. I just had a thought though. What about, we were just talking about how pigmented some of these color conditioners are these days. Oh, would those work? Meanwhile, do not take our word on this. I feel like neither of us have tested this, correct? No, neither of us have tested it. But I feel like overtone is super pigmented and almost like a stain. So I feel like that one would totally work. Because that one's also right, and you're also using what is technically a conditioner. You know, you're not going to have an issue with like safety of. First of all, it's on your vulva. It's not like it's going inside or anything, so we don't have to worry about that. But so basically, look for a product that is developed specifically for the coarseness of that hair texture and safe, i.e., low volume ammonia, low volume hydrogen peroxide. So that, because also I feel like most people who are doing this or want to do this don't want to make it blonde. Like, have you ever heard of that? Like, oh. Like I dyed my hair blonde and like, cause blondes naturally might have brown brows and brown body hair yeah, exactly. or whatever it is. Yeah, definitely. It's more that like, okay, it's graying and they want to darken it. No shame in that guys. People do bleach their assholes. So that is also the hair around there too. So I wonder what kind of- And that is the audiogram that I'm going to do is the clip for this entire podcast. It'll never leave you. It will be forever on the internet that Jenna still just took the podcast there. I thought I was taking there with the pubic hair, but thank you so much. So sorry. On that note, I'm going to bring us back above the belt and talk about some of the beauty products you like before I let you go, because I know you're fully a beauty girl. Beauty junkie. Through and through, not just when it comes to hair color- Tell me, like makeup-wise, what are you so into right now? Right now, I'm obsessed with the Say Slip Tint. I think it's amazing. It like just makes my skin glow, and it's super easy. I've gotten all my clients obsessed with it. Like a tint, it's like a tinted moisturizer. Right? Yeah, it just like melts into the skin, though. I feel like it. I can still see my freckles, but I still gets rid of my redness, and I think that's magic. So I'm obsessed with that. I know we've talked a lot about mascaras. So the Cali Ray mascara is my big hit right now. I just got some too. It's a good one. It's really nice because I usually smudge all over and it flakes off, which is fine. It looks like crumbles on my eyes when I wash at the end of the night, but I'm totally cool with it. But it lasts all day and I don't look in the mirror halfway and go, oh God. Yeah. Just totally happened. And then I actually, not makeup wise, but skincare, I just got this new moisturizer, Cat Berkey. Have you ever had that one? I'm really into mm-hmm. it. The vitamin Not C. the moisturizer, but I know the brand. Yeah. And you like it? Yeah. It was like given to me and I was like, oh, I've never heard of this. Love it. I get into bed that night too. And my boyfriend's like, what does that smell? It just smells so good. And it's this really light, clean, fruity fragrance, fruity citrus. I think that whole line has a very spa smell, like expensive spa where you're like, what is that? I can't put my finger on it, but it's delicious. It feels lovely. Before we let you go, I have a little speed round for you. Don't be nervous. We do this with everybody. First thing that comes to your mind, what's the oddest hair color request you've ever gotten from a client? It actually wasn't my client. It was a coworker's, but I was standing next to her, but they asked if her hair color could match her art. And I was like, what? She had like a painting? Mm -hmm. 
She's an artist. Did you bring in a picture of it? Uh, she had pictures of her art. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I like instantly whipped my head and I was like, huh? <laughs> I would like to know about that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What's your favorite hair color service to do? Honestly, something that looks so natural that no one would ever know. There's something that makes you feel kind of godlike when you do that. Ooh, it's a power okay. trip. Yeah, that's, I think that's when you're like, oh, that sounds yes, like yes. So it's okay if they're like walking around saying, oh yeah, I just, this is what it always looks like and not even giving you credit. I kind of love that. Your secret power. Yeah. What's your least favorite hair color service to do? Like they ask for it and you're like, oh. Uh, God, it was when ombres were really popular. I used to do like five a day and I was like, I could stop this at any time and feel better about it. <laughs> like the really heavy Was ombre. it just because you were bored doing it or is it difficult to do or annoying to do? I was bored doing it. It's not hard. But then just when you see everyone down the street with just like the half one color and half the other, you're like, this doesn't even look that great. I think we could do something cooler. I, you know, we've, I feel like we've moved on a little bit from that, but I know that moment that you're talking about for sure. Okay. How do you wind down at the end of the night after a long day at the salon? Wine. <laughs> Literally wine. Literally she wine. She winds down with wine. I just stare blankly into the ceiling and drink wine. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah. Which, what kind of wine do you like? Beaujolais. I just recently learned this and I was saying it wrong for like months. I said Beaujolais because I thought it was bougie, but it's Beaujolais. So my bad. It's a delicious light red. Yes, that's a good one. So Jenna, if there was a movie made of your life, who would narrate it? Oh, that one girl from Palm Springs, that movie, Christian Maloney, I think her name is. Oh, she's so funny. Or the Love TV show. I did not know that actress's name, but I've seen Palm Springs and I know who you're talking about and she's a riot. Her. She is like my inner monologue for everything, honestly. Full disclosure. Okay. And so we'll have to have her have your movie with her talking, feeling like God as she changes people's hair color. That looks so natural. And explains that they don't need $80 shampoo, Mm-mm. right? No, let it go. Oh my God. I learned so much. I feel like our listeners did too. Sorry we had to go there at the end, but you know what? Like this is the kind of things that hair colorists are used to dealing with all day long, right? Yeah. We get lots of personal questions. We get really in there. Yeah. Jenna, thank you so much for coming up that mascara. All right. Thank you. That's so much fun. We hope you enjoyed the show. It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com. We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love. To share a Razor One product review or to ask a beauty question, email us at info at fatmascara. If you send it as a voice memo file, we can even share your voice on the podcast. You can also do that by leaving us a voice message. Our phone number in the United States is 646-481-8182. Thanks so much for listening. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. 
With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Listen, there are so many skincare products on the market claiming to help reduce fine lines and wrinkles, and you know I will try most of them. But how do you know your products are actually working? Some research to back up the claims. That's why Jess and I are all about Ritual. They created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted a clinical study to take the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual's highest hair is now a part of my skincare routine, and I got in the habit of taking it every day by putting the cute little purple jar right next to my sunscreen. It looks nice on my vanity, and let's be honest, I love that. But once I stuck with the habit, I really noticed a difference in my skin. I am not the only one. In a clinical study, taking Hyacera for 90 days led to a 3.6 time reduction in crow's feet wrinkles as compared to placebo. And it led to a 2.9 increase in skin smoothness. I also like that they're easy to swallow. The capsules sort of taste like vanilla. They're not all weird and fishy like some other supplements. Plus, Ritual is a certified B Corp something we learned about on a recent episode. And all their supplements, including the Daily Protein and their Sleep Bio Series Melatonin Supplement, are vegan, gluten-free, and made traceable. Do what Jess and I did, start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash mascara. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mascara for 25% off. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.